Unspoken Issues. The next book that we're going to discuss, both landed on this as a number five, okay? And the only reason we're going to do this one first is because the other one you had higher than I did, and I'm going to give you the nod, and we'll do that We'll do that one uh, next. Uh, like I said, we're going to start out at the bottom and work our way to our favorite. So let's talk about Cyber Force number one. This comes out October 9th, 1992. I didn't get Youngblood number one right off the bat. I got it later. I think all of the others I picked up as they were being released. So okay. I'm trying to think. I think I had every miniseries and all the complete miniseries. You know, Spawn was a was a, an ongoing from the beginning, but all the other Image founders did miniseries to start with. And I had, I think, a complete run of Youngblood, Wildcat, Cyberforce, Shadowhawk, and Dragon. So. Dang. Nice. So, yeah, I, I was keeping up on all of them. <laughs> okay. Uh, all right. Th- that, they became my focus pretty much once the image book started coming out. Plus, like, if they were all coming out on a regular schedule, it probably would have been harder to keep up. But, right. you right. know, when when four issues of Youngblood come out over eight months, you know, yeah. it's not as hard to keep up with it. No. Uh, you no, know, you not. can still get Darkhawk and Sleepwalker and Amazing Spider-Man and, and Youngblood or whatever. Uh, so yeah, so, I, I picked up Cyberforce, uh, you know, from its from its early day. Okay, Mark Silvestri, uh, did you have any experience with uh, Mark there prior to this uh, um, this right here? I know I I know I had issue fifty of Wolverine, which was the f- die cut yellow cover with the three sl- claw slash marks oh, yeah. through the cover. Um, that might have been the only. Silvestri book I'd ever read up to that point because I wasn't really reading Wolverine regularly. That might have been the only issue of of the solo Wolverine book that I'd ever bought to that point. Okay, we are going to be covering X Men and uh, the uh, mutant X over, if you will, of Inferno uh, right. at some point. And Silvestri was a, a heavy part of that, and that was mm-hmm. where I recognized his artwork uh, for Stan. You know, as it stood out from the rest of everybody yeah. else. You know, I really like his art. You know, Liefeld really touts it on the podcast of, of his that Silvestri is the best artist of all the image founders. And mm. I've just never understood that because I've heard that for years, like not just on the podcast, but in interviews he's done. And I've heard other people refer to Silvestri as like the best draftsman and all that. Like, I don't really understand. I'm not an art critic. That's what I was <laughs> going to say. It's probably yeah, I, I just know what I like. And, and um, I, you know, I can tell when somebody's, you know, has good storytelling or whatever and a coherent can tell a coherent story. But, uh, and I, and I like Silvestri. I just don't like his style as much as he, I almost think of him as like a poor man's Jim Lee. Okay. Okay. I, I feel not like a, they not have a, kind not, of similar not style. A, not a bad person to be a poor right, man of. Right. By the way. But I just prefer the, <laughs> I prefer the cleaner, you know, pencils of like a Jim Lee to, to Silvestri. So, yeah, again, this this hits the shelves October 9th, 1992. The title of the story is The Ten Men of War, part one. And uh, this is Cyber Force number one, written by Eric Serge Silvestri, according to Mike's Amazing World of Comics. Mark Silvestri on the art, lettered by Michael Heisler and colored by Joe Giotto or Chiotto. I'm sure I pronounced it wrong either way. Um <laughs> In inner city New York, a young girl by the name of Velocity runs at super speed for her life from a high te- a high tech team of cyber data trackers called Cops 
C-O-P-S. It stands for something. It's not the actual police. But little do they know, Ripclaw watches from atop uh, the, the surrounding buildings. Ripclaw calls into his headquarters at Cybertech, letting them know of the situation. As he makes his way down to the alley, he saves the young girl from capture until the group's leader, Ballistic, appears, stalling their escape. As additional support flies in for Ripclaw, causing Ballistic to retreat, much to the dismay of Cyberdata's leader, Mother. In a small dream sequence, we learn how Velocity was abused as a young child, and she wakens to find herself in a facility with some friendly faces, namely two young boys named Chip and Timmy. When the perimeter alarm (laughs) goes off, a wall is blown out, and Ballistic has again tracked Velocity, and this time she has brought reinforcements. Elsewhere, the four-armed leader of Cyberforce, I think his name's Stryker, isn't it? Is it Stryker? Yes. Okay, the four-armed leader of uh, of Cyberforce, Stryker, is playing security detail to a mutant senator and foils an assassination plot. As one of the assassins try to escape, he runs into another member of Cyberforce, Cyblade, who dispatches him quickly. The remaining terrorists try to escape by car, but the behemoth impact charges charges it and shreds the vehicle. Yeah, I, so I told this story kind of out of order. Basically, the, the whole assassination thing is going on while this is kind of going on as well. So there you go. That is Cyberforce number one. And I want to point something out that kind of stuck out of me in this issue. The use of the word mutant. Yeah, I was going to bring that up as well. <laughs> right. This is something that always stuck out to me and that I've always remembered in... You know, in all these early 90s comics, there were these ads for American comics entertainment where you could order oh, yeah. comics. Yep. And so let me let me find an example of it. And looking in um, the Savage Dragon number one, there's an ad uh, on one of these. Uh, this is actually Entertainment This Month, their order page. Okay. And their little blurb for Wildcats. Created, written, and penciled by Jim Lee, Wildcast Number One features the first appearance of a powerful new team of mutant heroes from Image Comics. Ooh, okay. And then the brigade, the brigade blurb, all new radical group of mutant superheroes by Rob Liefeld from Image, Image Comics. Interesting. That and, is like that is cashing in. Go ahead. Yeah, there's all. It's not listed in this one. But the, the one of the other pages I've seen for. The, the blurb for Youngblood is a new team of mutant heroes from Rob Liefeld. So it, I don't think Image was putting these together. I think this is what Entertainment This Month is putting their own blurbs together. And they're just, they know mutant X-Men. Right. You know, that's the hot thing. These are team books. We're just going to say they're mutant. At one point, Spider-Man. The non-mutant ha- hero. Yes. He had to put that <laughs> on the front cover. because. Right. They, well, the word mutant must really be striking a chord with people then. <laughs> Very but in, in Cyberforce, that's part of the story. Right, right. Yeah, right. You know, this, exactly. This is, this comes, I mean, this is basically straight out of, you know, Days of Future Past or whatever. Like, there, there's a mutant politician. They're trying to assassinate him because... They hate the muties. <laughs> they don't right. say that in the book, but uh, you, you know it's 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 lifted straight out of the X Men mythos, basically. You could you could see Cyber Force being easily in the X Men universe. Mm-hmm. What do you think of the issue, man? What what are your thoughts? <laughs> I'm gonna look at my rankings again. <laughs> we both went, we, we both went number five, so I okay. think 
we're going to there's a point where we're going to have a rather disparity, a, a rather big difference where you went number six and I went a little bit higher. Okay. So, yeah, it was my second to least favorite, but right. I love all these books. So, yes, yeah. I like this one. This is the only image founder number one that's got a double page cover like the back cover is like the is part of the image. So right. if you open it up, you can see the full thing. And it's like a movie poster, basically. Uh, really cool image. No pun intended. Yeah. <laughs> My copy still has the Image Comics number zero coupon. Oh, so. look out, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> but yeah, it, it seems like, you know, a lot of these guys, Youngblood is a concept Liefeld had from years before. He pitched, I think, to DC when he got hired there. He pitched a Youngblood like he, he did like a three or, or five or six page young blood as, as like a tryout basically to, to get him in the door or whatever. Spawn is a character that McFarlane had designed in college. I believe Eric Larson came up with Savage Dragon when he was a little kid. Yeah, he was. Yeah. But I don't I don't know about Valentino and Portisale, but it seems like Silvestri and Jim Lee, they, you know, they wanted to jump into this image thing. They were kind of felt like that, that they were going to be more successful on their own or whatever. But the, I don't know that they necessarily had like concepts waiting. Like they had to probably kind of wing it. So it, feel, it seems like Sylvester was like, hey, people love cyborgs. How about a whole right. team of cyborgs? Right. They're how all about, cyborgs. People like multiple arms, but how about three <laughs> arms on one side? Right. <laughs> right. Sylvester and uh, Lee both have a Wolverine archetype kind of you know ripclaw and warblade are kind of the same you know they're they even do a crossover later killer instinct where yeah they have passed together that crossover is a really it shows like to me just this is just personal taste i guess because i mean if all the other image guys think Sylvester's the best they're probably right <laughs> but um when i read that crossover i'm going from an, a, an issue by jim lee and then the next issue is Sylvester, and I'm like, man, I wish I wish Lee was doing the whole thing. <laughs> just, <laughs> that's just kind of how I feel reading right. reading that crossover, which is a cool a cool story. But yeah, this is this is a cool book, and I love having Marlo show up and on the second page. I think that's who that is. I knew it. I knew <laughs> that that was Jacob Marlo laying there right. in in the alleyway, and I'm I assume this has got to be happening right before the possibly. Uh, before yes. the uh, issue, or excuse me, before the events that happen in Wildcats, which is pretty cool. Yeah, when we when we get to cover in the Wildcats issue, there's a reference to this incident. Marlo thinks it's a dream or something. He makes a reference to it. This issue came out four months, four or five months later or whatever. But but yeah, that was cool to see him pop up in there. And then the the big two page spread of Ripclaw jumping down from the building, the lightning going yeah. off behind him. I mean, that's a poster right there. That's an yeah, amazing uh, image. It's fun. The art is cool. The characters are interesting, uh, at least visually. It's kind of, it's not an origin issue, but it's just kind of like, you know, we're introducing all these characters. We're giving them some action to do. Ripclaw's tearing through some cyborg or some some shock trooper or whatever these guys are. Impact is tearing through a van, uh, which yeah. is a pretty amazing image as well. And just kind of gives every character a chance to showcase their 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 stuff. Fun fun comic. Team books are probably pretty tough to get a first issue uh, out to and make it feel really really impactful. Like you probably have to just right. like you said, you've got to cover everybody. Unless you want to do one person like what works, like I said, would have probably probably been in the bottom half of my list because it's just like, hey, we get the whole team, which there's a lot of people on that freaking team. 
but you get the <laughs> whole team and but you don't some possible ideas into what their personality is, but that's it. Cyberforce is sort of the same way, but you've got enough here uh, that definitely sets it apart from what works. Not all the soldiers are golden. No, you've got one guy has three freaking arms on one side of his body. The other, <laughs> you know, the other one is just a freaking size of a, a, a of a sedan. He's huge. And so everybody's got this great, unique look to them. You get, just like you said, your moments with these members of the team. Our villain, Ballistic, is pretty cool. I mean, she looks pretty neat. Uh, you don't get a whole lot about her other than she's just... And I say villain because that's kind of the way she spun here. But I swear mm. she becomes a member. Uh, she becomes a member of Cyberforce. Yeah, I think I think she's at least uh, on strike for, in the Strike Force spinoff book. Okay, maybe maybe, that's what maybe she's in. Maybe she's on both. Maybe only Cyberforce. I can't remember. But yeah, she she becomes uh, at least an ally, if not an outright hero, at some point. Okay. All right. So. Yeah, the members of Cyberforce. I should probably go ahead and just kind of run those down here real quick. I guess the leader is Heatwave, who he can fly and he can shoot these plasma blasts. He's um, the guy although, that shows up and kind of like helps Ripclaw out, right? Yeah, I think most people think Striker is the leader, but I don't. That's what I thought it was. Yeah, I, I don't think that's the case. I think Heatwave is the leader, the field leader or whatever. I could be wrong because it's been a while since I read these. But yeah, Striker is like a soldier. He's got th- uh, two extra cybernetic arms, both on the right side for some reason. So he's got three arms on one side and just one arm on the other. And Impact is the the bruiser. The big, I, you know, I, every team's got to have a big bruiser. Put a pen in Impact real quick. I just want to talk okay. about. I mean, I'm glad that Striker is a cyborg because the back problems this guy would have with three arms <laughs> on one side of his body. Would be pretty bad. So he's oh, those are help. super lightweight titanium. I oh, just, oh, I should. You don't even don't, know they're there. No, nah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, impact. Go ahead. <laughs> Maybe it's because he uses the word "dude" uh, in this issue, but I, I, for some reason, I'm thinking he's sort of like a surfer guy. <laughs> All right. Maybe I'm just uh, drawing conclusions because of that. Uh, but you know, he's got the long hair, uh, and he's just a he's just a big the big strong guy. Um, he has a face off with Pitt later in this miniseries. Ooh, nice. Um, doesn't go great for him. But, um, uh, Blade is the, the female character. Oh, she is. I mean, my goodness, if you cannot She's draw parallels, Cy. thank you very much. It's, <laughs> if you can't draw a line to Psylocke with this girl, right. I don't know what you can do here. Uh, and then Ripclaw is kind of the, I would say he's probably the most popular character. He's the one that got an action figure, which is <laughs> oh nice. During the 10th anniversary, when they did the 10th anniversary uh, figures, they did one for Spawn, Savage Dragon, Shadowhawk, and Ripclaw. He's uh, I think he's Native American. You know, each of his fingers uh, are these like jagged blades, and they kind of can he can like they can they can kind of grow longer, so he can reach out. Kind of like uh, Lady Deathstrike would be uh, comp for him, I guess, as far as the the, the claws. Yeah, it says that. Uh, so I'm on imagecomics.fandom.com here. Claws. Rip Claw can stretch his fingernails until they are transformed into 12 inch long claws. So hold on a second. Every those are his fingernails? <laughs> that thing, right. I mean, those are not, those are his fingers. Yeah, I mean, they're coming f- from his, the, the blades maybe. start where the knuckles of, of, of your fist yeah. end. Yeah. Good. This is, discussed in this website <laughs> because the first thing you're going to think to yourself is like how does rip claw function 
with fingernail or fingers that are <laughs> blades. Uh, Ripclaw exhibited the ability to manipulate his claws in the normal human shape, then back in the claws. But this has rarely been replicated in later issues. So apparently that happened. It says in issue number 19 of the second series. That took a while. Wow. <laughs> a while to get there. But I mean, he's a freaking cool looking character. Oh, but yeah. Much like I tend to more believe Warblade of Wildcats and his hand issues uh, <laughs> than, than Ripclaw running around with thingy knives. So Yeah, uh, Warblade is more of a T-1000 style, like liquid right. metal look. Yeah, yeah, I can I can absolutely uh, understand that. But Ripclaw, as cool as he was, his hands always threw me off. Didn't know. But again, <laughs> Image Comics, I'm not, I don't care. It's Ripclaw, baby. <laughs> Ripclaw. I believe the villain is Mother May I. I think that's her full name. Okay. Okay. Um, unless I'm confusing her with somebody else. Uh, but she has got a very uh, striking look, too. She's blue skin. Um, oh, that is. Mega, mega cleavage. <laughs> um, headdress. Just a really Mystique. interesting visual. Mystique was the first person that I thought yeah. of when I saw her. I was like. The eye, you know, a, a, like a, a jewel uh, in her forehead, similar to Mystique's right. white. Uh, diamond yeah. yeah some be some people are probably going to be like what are you what's he doing ripping off all these <laughs> well, oh the 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 accusations of plagiarism were flying left and right when these books were coming out i'm so. sure of it they were getting my money though so you got a panel of the issue uh, i will not take the two-page spread <laughs> of ripclaw I, jumping down from the i won't either but if only because it's too easy it's yeah, definitely the way best easy in the book yeah yeah yeah, very. You know what? I'll take impact going through the van. Yeah, that's, <laughs> <laughs> that's that would easy. be my second choice, too. That's uh, awesome because it's, you know, it's it, it's a progression. There's three panels where I'm trying to find it now. Yeah, the van is right. kind of charging. It's kind of going along and impact is charging forward. Uh, and yeah, so it's like a three panel uh, progression to the to the, the giant third panel where he's just completely tearing through the, 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 the van. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It's good stuff. Uh, I'll go with striker saving bluestone. Yeah. Okay. And All he's right. got his two of his three arms on the right side or are, are blowing away the assassin while his left arm is pushing bluestone out of the way. Very cool yep. image. Like Guns are blazing. So I like it. Thanks for joining us. Unspoken Issues is part of the UnspokenDecade.com, the home for 90s comics, blogs, and podcasts. Unspoken Issues also has a Facebook group you can join if you are interested. Just search the Unspoken Issues podcast and request to join. All of this would not be possible without W2Mnet.com and the Rattelich and Broadcasting Network, so make sure to seek them out for more podcasts. If you enjoyed what you heard today, please feel free to share, and we look forward to entertaining you again soon. <laughs> <laughs>